that he was about to leave. He knew he was about to go, and now he knows that God has given him all things. Uh, he is all-powerful. He is sovereign. Everything is in his hand. He said, and that he was come from God and went to God. He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter. And Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but he is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. Now there's a whole different message right there. Uh, Jesus is talking about holiness. He said when you get saved, you're washed all over, but sometimes through life you get defiled and you need to wash up. You with me? Now, for those who said that Judas was saved and he lost it, he just says right here, all of y'all were clean, not all, all of y'all, but not one. What is he saying? Everybody in here, you have been touched, you have been converted, but there's one among you that's not clean. He never had it in the first place. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, the Bible says, uh, for he knew who should betray him, therefore said he, ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was sat down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also... What a great word that word ought is. Represents obligation. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Read this sentence with me, last sentence. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Say it with me again. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Dear Heavenly Father, we appreciate your presence in this place this morning. God, we thank you for the songs that were sung. We thank you for the worship that has been given. Now, Father, we're here at the most critical time, the most important part of the service, the preaching of your holy word. God, I pray that you'll take it to heart. I pray that you'll give me wisdom. I pray that you'll give me an unction from God. I pray that I'll preach like I've never preached before. I pray that I'll preach like a dying man to a dying world. God, I pray that your will will be done this morning. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Church, you can be seated. In 1904... In 1904, the heir to the Borden Dairy Estate, Mr. William Borden, graduated from Chicago High School a millionaire. Graduated a millionaire. His parents gave him a trip around the world. During that trip, he became burdened for all the hurting people he saw in Asia. We're talking about a millionaire teenager. Are y'all with me? A millionaire teenager. Something sort of like the, the millionaire teenagers that come out of school and go right into the pros. They go crazy. A millionaire teenager, he tours, listen, Europe and Asia, and he sees hurting people. And he made a decision to prepare for the mission field. Did y'all hear what I said? A millionaire teenager decides to go to the mission field. When he made that decision, he wrote in his Bible the words, 
no reserve. No reserve. I look the word reserve up, it means to hold back some. He says, and he made a decision in his life, I will hold nothing back. I'm going to give God my all. No reserve. When William Borden arrived at Yale University the next year as a freshman, his passion for Christ was already kindled. He was disappointed to find the school morally bankrupt and the teaching filled with empty philosophy. So during his first semester, he asked a friend to begin praying with him before breakfast. As a result of his leadership, other prayer groups began to spring up. And by his senior year, a thousand of the 1,300 students were meeting in prayer groups. Many of those young leaders came to the Lord through this movement. Upon graduation, he was offered many high-paying jobs. He could have worked anywhere he wanted to. He didn't even have to work at all. But he turned all those offers down, turned down his inheritance, continued to pursue God's call on his life. While making those decisions, he wrote two more words in his Bible, the words, no retreat. No reserve, no retreat. I've gone too far to turn back now. When he completed his studies at Princeton Seminary, he sailed to China to work with the Muslims. On the way, he stopped in Egypt to study Arabic. But there in Egypt, he was stricken with spinal meningitis. And within a month at the age of 25, he died. You say, well, how could that be? What his friends and family found written in his Bible was a great source of comfort. Added to the words previously written, he wrote, no reserve, no retreat, No regret. No regret. He was fine turning down everything the world said you had to have to be happy. He was was all right with giving up everything the world has to offer. Everything that Satan offered the Lord in the wilderness... He said, I don't need any of that. I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm going to give God my all. No reserve, no retreat, no regret. No regret. We're in in revival, church. I wondered, Lord, where are we at? What what, what do I do now? What do I do now? We've talked about plowing and we've talked about planting and uh, we've talked about the harvest and and, and, and Lord, we're seeing folks saved and and we're seeing the young people, a a great move happening in our young people and in our older folks and everything. Uh, Lord, where are we at right now? And I believe we're in the place where we need to talk about service. Serving him. This is where God has led me and I want you to please, if you'll pay close attention to what I have to say this morning. You know, in the search for happiness, the Bible says in verse 17, if ye know these things, happy are ye if ye ye do them. In the search for happiness, many times people overlook the one source to find it, and that's in serving. This is a difficult concept to grasp considering the mindset of the world. What's the world? It's all about me. It's all about what I want. I'll hold out of camp to get a higher contract. It's not about the team anymore. It's not about, listen, what's best for the overall. It's what's best for me. Listen, this world is ruining. It's ruining by the day. And it's all about me, my, and I. Listen, we've allowed the culture of this world to creep into the church. 
People are worried about what, who has what position. People are worried about who's on what committee, who's on what board, who's on staff. None of that matters. You know, Jesus, Jesus in the last hours of his life, and, and, and that's what we're reading here in this chapter, this is the very last hours of his life. And, and if you know anybody that's on their deathbed, anybody that's in the last hours of their life, the only thing they say, the only thing they do is what's the most vitally important to say. And as he's here and he's wanting to spend time uh, with his disciples, he's wanting to spend time with his followers right before he has to go to the cross, right before he has to go to the crucifixion, right before he has to go to the whipping post, right before he has to go before Pilate. He wants to spend some time and all they can do is argue about who's going to be the greatest. If you'll take the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and take all, the, all the, the upper room chapters out and then put them all together, you'll find out that Jesus said, I have desired to eat this supper with you with a great desire. He said, I long to eat with you. I want to be with you. I love you and I have affection for you and I wanted to spend time with you. And all they can do is argue about who is going to be the greatest. When many times before he said, whoever's going to be greatest is going to be least among you. They must come as a little child. Whoever's going to be the greatest is going to be the least. He that is chief will be he that serves. An old African proverb said, the chief is servant of all. Do you realize our politicians are nothing more than public servants, but they have forgotten that phrase, public servant. Now it's all about what we can do for them. It's never supposed to have been that way. And in the house of God, in the house of God, God wants us to see we have a small minority of people, a small number of people doing everything. We've got way too many people in here for just that small number to be doing everything and getting wore out and burned out. If we all did our part, nobody would get burned out. Listen, ladies, you go to somebody's house to eat, what do you always say? What do you always say? What can, what can I do to help? What can I bring? Give me something to eat. Oh, don't bring nothing. Y'all get sideways. Oh, no, I got to bring you because you don't want to feel. It's totally amazing to me we can come to the house of God and enjoy the fire out of everything that's going on around here and just let everybody else get it done. Serving. Serving, being involved. Now, here's the deal. This is what I don't want to do. I don't want to put a guilt trip on nobody because if you're doing that out of guilt, you're not going to do it long. And I don't want to put a greater burden on those that's already doing all kind of things. I want to reach some folks that's not doing anything. Listen, Jesus is there with his disciples. He's there with his disciples and, 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 and he's, he's in the last hours of his life and he's wanting to enjoy some time with them and, and all he hears is bickering and arguing over who's going to be the great, who's going to be in the, who's going to be on the right hand, who's going to be on the left hand, who's going to be sitting on the platform, who's going to be with the preacher, who's going to be, who, who, oh. And he just, he takes him. We see him getting up from his supper. He gets up from his supper and he, he, he takes off his garment, his outer garment. He sets aside that which is glory. And does what Philippians 4 says, said made himself of no reputation, but became, listen, came in the form of a servant. Made in the likeness of man. The creator became the creature. 
He who is rich became poor that I might be rich. And he gets down and begins to do what nobody else wanted to do. He gets down to doing what, what tradition and scholars say even Jewish servants didn't do. Gentile servants they would have doing it, but not Jewish. Even the Jewish servants, that was too low for them. Yet Jesus took it off and shared with them. Can you imagine their faces? Brother Kenneth, can you imagine? I'm, I, I think I'm going to be, I, I, and all of a sudden he's washing his feet. Peter, even in his arrogance, even, listen, he still hadn't got it yet. Oh, no, you're not going to touch mine. You say, oh, he was just being humble. He didn't, he didn't think that he deserved it. I still believe it was self-righteousness. Because he was saying, hey, I love you more than all these. I'm more righteous. I'm going to show my humility. I'm not worried. Oh, please. Humility is something that when you realize you have it, you ain't got it no more. He showed an ultimate showing of humility as he washed their feet. You say, preacher, how? how what does that mean? The Bible says, the Bible says he has predestined us to become conformed to the image of his son. Yeah. Christian means Christ. We are to do, we are to behave, we are to think. Let this mind be in you, which was also in. We're to be like him. Do you know the Bible says, in love, serve one another? Amen. Preacher, I don't know if I can do that. I tell you what, I don't, I don't know. I don't, think I, 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 I don't think I can get involved in that care group. I, I don't think I could hand somebody and smile and say, welcome to town. I don't, I, 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 Let's look at three things this morning. When it came to the last hours of his life, the most important thing he said, happy are ye if ye... Number one, number one, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. I want you to see the factors that enabled him. What enabled him to get down on his knees and take old grimy feet? Brother Kenneth, see, they walked through with sandals and they walked through mud and dirty streets and these were nasty, grimy feet. Are y'all with me? Y'all, let's, let's be real here. He got down to do what nobody else wanted to do. He got down to do a, just a nasty job. What enabled him to do that? What, what, how was the king of kings, the lord of lords, the prince of glory? Are y'all with me? God, the son, the son of God, the lily of the valley and the bright and morning star, the rose of Sharon. Are y'all with me? The one the sweet psalmist sang about who's more precious than gold. Listen, how could he do that? What enabled him to do that? What enabled us to do that? Hey, write this down. I want you to see the affection for his people. Verse number one. Jesus knowing that his hour had come. What hour? The hour that he was to depart. The hour that he was to go back to the Father. The Bible said, having loved his own, he loved them unto the I've watched mamas. I've watched mamas who had weak stomachs. Mamas take little babies who thrown up all over the place in the stench of it. The stench of it would knock you down. 
and be everywhere. And that mom will be right in the middle of that trying to help that baby, trying to clean that baby, trying to wash that baby. Why? Because of her love for that baby. You know why we won't volunteer to serve? You know why we won't volunteer to get involved? There's a problem in our love for one another. We sing about, oh, how I love Jesus, but Jesus says you can't love me without loving each other. Beloved, let us love one another, for God is love. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. He was able to get down on his knees and wash their grimy, nasty feet because his love for them was greater than the mire. We see the affection for his people. He loved them. He loved them. Boy, I love y'all with all my heart. Man, God's been moving in my life, and man, I always want to be a servant. I'm nothing. I'm just a servant. I grew up in church my whole life. I've seen them come and I've seen them go. I've seen evangelists come and go. I've seen pastors come and go. I've seen missionaries and I've seen it all. I've seen it all. And there's just very few that I felt like they knew that they were just servants. There were so many that come in expecting us to bow down. I said to myself, I don't ever want to be that way. I don't want to ever be in such a way where I'm perched on a throne somewhere where people have to think they got, hello. Some of the greatest preachers I know was right there in the trenches. We're just servants, y'all. He was able to do this because of his affection for his people. Then B, his awareness of his position. The awareness of his position. This is so critical. This is so critical. When you get this, this will sure help you. The Bible says, knowing, I think it's verse 3. Am I correct on that? Knowing, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come to God and went to God. What does that mean? At this point, Jesus knew he was, listen, he had everything there was to have. He was sovereign Lord over it all. He was now supreme sovereign. See, he followed the Lord in his life and he lived by faith just like you and me. As a man, he lived by faith just like you and me. And at this time, he knows it's done. He has done. He's completed what God has sent him to do. And now he is sovereign. Now, most people, when the crown falls upon their head, when the title goes after their name, when they get the office space, when they get the, the position that they've been looking for, now all of a sudden things change and we want people to start serving us. But when Jesus found this truth, when Jesus knew this truth, when he was aware of who he was, it was then he began to serve others. What does that mean? It means this. When you are secure in who you are, it doesn't bother you one bit to do something for somebody else. I'll give you illustration. I'm talking about being secure in who you are and what you have and who you are with him. I'm a child of the king. I ain't gonna bow down to nobody. I ain't gonna back up to nobody. Are y'all with me? I'm not gonna tuck my tail between my legs and get in no closet for nobody. I came on business for the king. I'm somebody today. I know who I am. In, 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 in my home church, 
it's kind of redneckish. Say amen. I mean, it's, it, they, they just come right off the rodeo. I need a witness right there. I mean, they wear, uh, 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 they wear cowboy boots and belt buckles of size that, listen, you could use it for a shield. Say amen. I'm talking about that big. Am I telling the truth, Brother Doyle? He was too. God's been working on him. Amen. <laughs> and you know how you know how rednecks are. You know you know the mentality. You know the mentality. Uh, 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 I remember one situation. Uh, one situation when 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 a bunch of the fellas was in the church and and my aunt Mona. And you got to understand something. My uncle Jerry. Now he wasn't. He's not the redneckish type. He didn't wear cowboy boots and all that. He wore penny loafers. That was my man. Say amen. I love. I just like penny loafers and all. Anyhow, whatever. Uh, uh, but he's a grown up fella. Y'all with me? He's a right good sized gentleman. I need a witness. Amen. I mean, he was a big, is he not a big fella? Well, uh, all the fellas in there, you know, you know when, 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 when rednecks get around each other, they got, <clears throat> you know, we all tough and everything. And my Aunt Mona had got to the door and she forgot her. She forgot her. Uh, Jerry? Can you get my purse? I'm going somewhere and it's not where you think I'm going. My Uncle Jerry always referred to my Aunt Mona as his bride. Am I telling the truth? He says, honey, I'll be glad to. He picks it up. Now what do you think all them dumb rednecks did? your color. <laughs> yeah. They better be glad Uncle Jerry was saved. I need a witness. But they started picking on him. Oh, you carrying a purse. And, all. and you know what? There's a lot of them that wouldn't even pick up their wife's purse. I'm thinking, well, I wonder what Uncle Jerry's going to say. I looked at Uncle Jerry and said, Uncle Jerry, what do you think about that? He said, them idiots don't bother me. He said, I'm, I'm secure in my manhood. I know I'm a man. And he walked out of there, and all them shut up. What are you saying? When he was securing what he was, it didn't bother him to carry no purse. It didn't bother him one bit at all because he knew he was a man, and if they didn't believe it, he could invite him outside and prove the situation. Preacher, what are you saying? You don't need a title to be somebody. You don't need to be on a board to be somebody. I am saved. I belong to the king of glory. I am a child of the king. I am secure in who I am. So it won't bother me to pick up a piece of paper on the ground. It won't bother me to go and, and help somebody out. It won't bother me to get down and do what nobody else, what the people that think they're too good to do, they're not secure in themselves. The people who won't serve one another, the people who won't get involved, the people that won't do these things, their problem is they're not securing themselves. The people that have to have a position don't need the position. The greatest people I've seen in ministry are people that didn't even have a clue. They had a title. You give them a title and it ruins everything. I need a witness. He said, I know who I am. I know what I have. Church, you, want, you know what will enable you to do what you need to do? What nobody else will want to do? Just realize who you are. Amen. I'm a child of the king. I'm going to heaven one day. He loves me. Man, what, what do y'all need done? That's what I want to do. Amen. 
Say number one with me. Why don't you see the? Say it again real quick. Then number two, I want you to see the focus that engulfed him. What's that, what's that first word? Focus. What are you focused on? You know, I read an article. I got Brother Dustin to copy it off for me. Heard it on, on Bert and Kurt's show. They were talking about college students today who are so filled with themselves. Preacher said this morning, Brother Tony was preaching this morning, humility is getting over yourself. I like that. And it gave all the statistics of those, those that because we have gone into a society of self-improvement and self-image and, and we're teaching little kindergartners to sing, I am special, I am special, look at me, look at me. And that, it, that is getting into their minds and, and growing into a place. And what's that telling them? Listen, nobody can tell you no. Nobody can discipline them. I, I heard, I heard, but now you may not like this, and, and that's fine, that's fine. You have, it's America, and you have your own right to be wrong. It's, it's okay. But uh, uh, I, I read about the teacher down in Birmingham that Scotch taped the child to the chair. Well, if the little monkey won't stay still, somebody needs to do something about it. Don't get, listen, don't crucify the teacher. You need to bring the parent in and say, make that sucker mine. Amen. Amen. Wonder why we can't teach them. Wonder why they're not learning anything. Because they won't make a mind at home and they expect the teacher to be a babysitter. They're not here to be babysat. They're here to learn. When I got in trouble at school, I got in trouble at home. I beg, oh, God, don't let this information get back to the house. Because if I told it one at home or school, I told it one at home. And usually two for not telling them. I need a witness. But we are ingraining this into our children so that now college students today, they use the word narcissism. It means in love with yourself. We've got so many people that's narcissistic and they're so in love with themselves, they can't think of nobody else. Amen. And Jesus was the exact opposite of that. And what's happened? You say, well, why are you getting so bent out of shape? That's just in the college. Who do you think's filling up the churches? Amen. We don't come visit them every week. If we don't send them a card when they got the sniffles, if we don't come pet them and put a pacifier in their mouth, well, I tell you what, you just don't love nobody around there. No, we just got a whole bunch of people to go around. We want to be babysat. And Jesus said, get the focus off yourself. You want to know who's going to be the greatest? I'll tell you who's going to be the greatest. The one that gets his focus off himself and gets his focus on somebody else, that is who pleases the Lord. The focus that engulfed him. His focus was totally, eh? It was totally unprovoked. I like this. Can you read anywhere in that verse where he said, uh, one of the disciples said, I need somebody to wash my feet. Nobody begged him to minister. Nobody begged him to serve. Nobody made a sign-up sheet. Nobody had to beg and plead. Listen, we're here on Friday nights begging people to help us get people off of drugs and people off of crack. You know when you'll get involved? When your son gets hooked. And then you'll decide, hey, I better do something about this. It was totally unprovoked. He showed initiative. Nobody had to ask him to serve. He took it upon himself. He got involved all by himself. Nobody had to pump him. Nobody had to prime him. Nobody had to beg him. Nobody had to bribe him. He said, I see a need. I'm going to feel it. Yeah. 
It was totally unprovoked. Then B, it was totally unselfish. His need, listen, care ministry. Find a hurt and, oh, see, we've done forgotten. We've so far, we so we need, we need some more training, Brother Dustin, because we forgot what the care ministry is all about. We forgot that hurting people are coming through that door. We forgot that people, listen, that Satan's beat up all week long and this is their last resort. There maybe I can find help at Temple Baptist Church. They're coming through here and we've forgotten what we're here for. Find a hurt and find a need and you know that's what, exactly what Jesus did. You look. What am, some dirty feet. I see a need. There's a problem here. Are, are y'all with me? Amen. He focused on their one lady kept coming to the preacher complaining about everything. Anymore, it's men too. So it ain't just ladies. It's everybody. Amen. Yeah, I mean, that preacher just hated to see her come. He knew, oh, God, help us. Here we go. One day, the preacher stopped her before she ever got to say anything. Just right in midst of, ah, can you help me? Well, 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 well I, I guess. I, I, I need you to bake some cookies for the nursing home. We go down to the nursing home, and, and we need somebody to help us bake some cookies because uh, we, got, we got a need down there. Will you help us do that? Well, well I, I reckon I can. And you help us that. We'll see you in a little bit. He broke camp. Three months went by. Never did see the lady. See her in church often periodically, but he, she was going down the hallway, and he said, curiosity got the best of him. He said, I got, I, hey, come here, come here, come here. Where have you been? Well, I've been, I've been in church, preacher. I've been, yeah, but you hadn't come to see. He said, preacher, I ain't got time to see you. I'm too busy down at nursing home. Them people down there need me. Amen. You know, it's not the people in the foxholes on the front line that have a problem with each other. It's not the people with the bullets whizzing past their head that has to gripe and complain about their surroundings. You know who's doing all the griping and complaining? It's all them people sitting in them leather chairs in Washington. Yeah. It's all the people back on the back line in the recreation places. That's the one doing all the whining. When you focus on the need, you focus on somebody else, you focus on your brother beside you, you focus on that soldier beside you, I've got your back because you know he's got your back. You have a focus on something beside yourself, it'll change your life. When you decide I'm not coming to church to get, I'm coming to church to give, you'll always leave getting more than you ever give. Problem is, we come in here, sit down in this chew, and listen in this chair, and, and say, Bless me if you can. We couldn't bless you with a 10 pound hammer. Say amen. amen. Get the focus off yourself. It was totally unselfish. I like that last verse, too. I seen this, and oh, what a blessing. Put verse 12 up there for me, uh, Brother, brother uh, Barnes, if you will. So after he had washed, after he had washed, their feet. Watch what, it, what, what it says. And had taken his garment and was. You know what most of us would do? All right. I did y'all's. Here we go. Most of us, we want to do if somebody else can do back for us. It was unprovoked. And he didn't expect nothing in return. <laughs> Ooh, 
you're doing it now, Rev. Right on, brother. Right on, brother. Right on. Preach it, preach it, preach it. Getting our focus off ourselves. You're just trying to get, you're just trying to get help. You're just trying. No, I'm preaching what God told me to preach. I've made up my mind. I'm not going to worry about it no more. He said, pray ye there. The Lord of the harvest, he'll send labors in the harvest. And that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to leave it up to you and God. And God will deal with you. I don't have to. I'm just come preach the book. But let me tell you something. If you'll ever get in your mind, if you'll ever get in your mind that this is not just something you hear in church, watch what this says. We see the factors that enabled him. How was he able to do that? Because of his great love. Listen, because of what he was secure in himself. He knew who he was. Listen, not only the factors that enabled him, but number two, say it with me, we see the the focus that engulfed him. He was so focused on their need, he didn't have time to think. You gotta understand something. He's fixing to be butchered like an animal. Yet he was not thinking about himself. Isn't that something? When they should have been comforting him, when they should have been encouraging him, he was fixing to have a crown of thorns beat into his skull, laying his back open and beat to the place he could not even tell he was a man. They should have been comforting him. And all he can think about is how he can bless them. Amen. But number three, I want you to see the facts, the facts that explained him. You know what he said after he sat down? He said, do you know what I just did? Brother Till is, is Brother Dustin taking care of my thing. He said, do you know, do you know what I've done? Do you really understand what has just happened? Do you understand what I have just did? Did y'all read that same thing in your Bible? The facts that explain it. He said, let me, let me explain something to you. He said, you call me Lord and Master. Isn't that what he said? And he said, rightly so. He says, because I am. He was, and he is. I was, he is. He said, I'm the great I am. That's past, present, and future. He said, if I, being your Lord and Master, let's get down and wash your feet. Ye, there's an O word. Help me now. Write this down. The facts that explain them. He, he, he gave them the fact that, A, there's an obligation that determines. There is an obligation that determines. I am obligated as a child of God to serve you. You say, but you're the preacher. You get paid to. Oh, no. Oh, no. You have missed it. You have missed it. You know what I get paid to do? What you're seeing right now. The Bible says that we can give ourselves to the word and prayer. That's what I get paid to do. That I spend my time and every effort I can to feed the flock of God. That hospital visit, all that stuff, that's out of loving compassion and serving one another. Find it in your Bible, it's there. That's why you shouldn't wait for the preacher to go see him in the hospital. You shouldn't wait for the preacher to go visit him and invite him to church. Listen, we are here to serve one another. Watch what it says. The Bible says in Galatians 5, 13. 
You got it up there? Galatians 5, 13, Brother Barnes. For brethren. Aren't we brethren? That means we're in the same family. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but watch this. What? But by love. But by. What's the next two words? Serve one another. But by love, serve one another. We have an obligation to each other. Brother Donnie, I'm your servant. Pop, I'm your servant. Brother Donnie, you're you're Brother Spence's servant. You're here to serve him. I appreciate my fingers. They help me hold the fork. Say amen. They scratch my eye when it itches. It rubs my feet when they're sore. What is it doing? It's serving the body. Do you know the Bible says each and every one of you is a different body part? He compares every single saved individual as part of the body of Christ. What if the brain told the hand, uh, uh, the, the right ear is itching. I ain't got time for that. Now, see, I'm, 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 I'm independent. I'm on my own. I don't have time for that. You know what's so amazing about the human body? You can cut, the, you can cut that arm off or that hand off and set it over there, and the body will go right on. It will be handicapped to a point. It will be missing some things to a point that could, be, could have been a great blessing, but it's going to rock on. But that body part over there will shrivel up and die without the rest of the body. I don't need a church to be a good Christian. You're so full of it, you don't even realize where you're at. You have no, you're so ignorant. I mean, there should be a picture in a dictionary of ignorance and put your picture beside it. Because without the rest of the body, you cannot function and survive like God wants you to survive. I have an obligation. Tony, I got an obligation to you to pray for you and encourage you. Man, you did great this morning. That was a great message. It was right where we're at. Man, we're here to serve one another. Where have we missed it? Where have we we gone awry and, and got to the place where we think church is about what they can do for me? Kennedy was a very liberal president. I didn't agree with half, hardly anything he had to say. But he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Amen. I got to say that for the church. We're so busy wanting to find some place that will meet my needs. What about meeting somebody else's needs? God doesn't give you your gift for yourself. He gives you your gift so you can be a blessing to somebody else. Amen. And if that's not good enough for you, we not only see an obligation that direct determines what we do, we have an obligation to serve. There's an obedience that delights. Jesus said, do you see what I have done? Do you see what I have done? He said, Happy. If there's anybody who knew something about happiness, it was the Lord. 
He said, happy are ye if ye... The happiest people I know is those that serve. Those that are involved. Those that's going after not focused on themselves, but focused on the needs of somebody else. Most of y'all know this. How many of y'all got to do something for somebody and don't get crazy and start shutting everything up? Y'all stay with me because it, it ain't over yet. But how many of y'all got so involved and focused in helping somebody and that person, that person, they felt maybe even a little guilty for what you were doing and they didn't want it, but, but you were getting the greater blessing out of it. Jesus, that happiness is not somebody serving you. That's what the world says. That's what the devil says. Happiness is you serving somebody else. Does the Bible not say it's more blessed to than to? I always wondered about that. But boy, when I started putting it in practice, it sure made a difference. Church, say amen. amen. Listen, we need commitment today, don't we? Huh? We need commitment. We need people... It'll say, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. No matter how and what place I need to be in, no matter what I need to do, I want to honor God in what I do. Brother Barry, I want you to come here a minute. Take your shoes off. Sit right here. Take your socks off. Listen, no matter who you are, there's no, there's, no, there's no big I's and little U's. One of the greatest statements I ever heard in my life, Dr. Craig Edwards said, you know what makes a great church? He said, what will make a small church is somebody wanting a big part of something little. They want to be the big chief. They want to be the big frog in the pond. He said, but a great church, a great church, listen, is somebody willing to take off their garment? Take off what's so important to them. Listen, take off that that makes them feel important. Take off and, 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 and show humility. Listen, and, and not care who it is. Not care who it is. Listen, the Bible says, if I, being your Lord and Master, if I, being the sovereign God, listen, who spoke the world into existence, if I, the one who, who said, let it be, and it was, if I got down on my knees, Come on, brother. brother Dole, you're a representative of Temple Baptist Church, and you're representing this whole congregation sitting here today. And I want everybody to know through me serving you as a representative of them, I love you with all my heart. Amen. The Bible says, when he knew, when he knew it was time for him to depart, having loved his own, which were in the world, the Bible says, but God commendeth his love. Listen, the Bible says talk is cheap. But God commendeth his love. The word commend means to put on display. He didn't just say, fellas, I love y'all. He got down and laid aside his garment 
He laid aside his deity, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. The Bible says, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Listen, Brother Doe, I love you with all my heart. I love this church with all my heart. And I want you to know, I am your servant. I'm not, I'm not a king. Listen, I'm not, I'm not one who has anybody who needs to bow down to me. I love you with all my heart. And I want to serve you. I want to bless you. I want to encourage you. Church, I did this for him, representing all of you. I'm your servant. I'm, your, I'm, I'm here to bless you. Now the Bible says, if I being your Lord has done this unto you, so ought ye to do one to another. Now let me say something. There's only two ordinances of the church. That's baptism and the Lord's Supper. The, the Lord was not saying, I want you to start washing each other's feet. He was showing you, the Bible says as an example. I want you to start showing humility and a willingness to focus on the needs of somebody else and to serve them. Stop coming here saying what I can get out of this place. Start coming here and saying, what can I put in this place? I don't have to have a title. I don't have to have, listen, a position. I don't have to have somebody have my name on the marquee. Just let me serve. Just let me serve. As every head's bowed, just turn one light on, on the each side. One light on, listen, those, those two, there you go. As every head's bowed and every eye closed. You don't have to come up and wash my feet. You don't have to come up and wash Brother Doyle's feet. But I wonder who would come as, as a church member of Temple Baptist Church, who would come and find a place in this altar and commit yourself to serving God. Commit yourself to humility. Commit yourself saying, Lord, no matter what, I want to serve you. God, I don't have to have what all the world says I have to have. God, I want to serve you. Would you come? This is revival, y'all. This is revival. God is speaking to our hearts. It's about service. It's about loving him. It's about doing what God has called us to do. It's about having the right attitude. Listen, it's having, listen, the right activity in our heart. It's not what I can get. It's what I can give. It's not what I can get. It's what I can give. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your love. God, I thank you so much for your love. God, it's because you love me that I can stand here today. Lord, it's because you love me that I could be here. Lord, I thank you so much for your love and mercy. God, I don't deserve it, but I'm so grateful for it. Your love prompted you and pushed you and propelled you to serve others. Now, God, that's what we got.